Let's cut the crap. We're both freezing. Just say it and we can go downstairs. Say what? Say how much you hate the Robin and Barney are getting married. What? No. I'm happy for them. I encourage Robin to go after Barney, so... I know, because you thought you were okay letting her go. But now that she's really gone, it hurts. I am happy for them. Is all you let yourself say out loud. Because if you said anything to the contrary, well... That would make you the most awful person on this rooftop. So I'm going to give you an out. And how are you going to do that? By saying something that's even more awful. Like what? Sometimes I wish I wasn't a mom. Sometimes I want to pack a bag and leave in the middle of the night and not come back. Robin shouldn't be with Barney. She should be with me. Hello, happy new year, and welcome back to the Hostel 43 podcast. It feels like it's been a while since our last episode, right? But we're back, and we have more content coming your way. Today, we decided to do things a little bit differently, you know, trying new things, New year, new me. New year, new podcast content ideas. Yeah. (laughs) So we hope you enjoy the episode. Have fun and happy listening. How was the break? How was Christmas? How was New Year? It's been, yeah, it actually feels like it's been so long since we recorded an episode. I think it's been a month since I spoke to you. Like, yeah. I've missed you, boo. Um, I've missed our our talks, and you know, there's no one to scream about TV shows with. Exactly. So I I need to. Yeah, I have missed that. But yeah, um, so I'm happy to be back. You know, New Year, New Me. (laughs) Not really. Welcome, roomies. Welcome, welcome back. You know, it's a new year, but the same hostel and new shenanigans, new episodes, new TV shows. It is I, Bob. And I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Have You Met Boobs? Hello, <laughs> Boobs here. Um, welcome back. Like Bob said, you know, 2022, new ideas, new shows. We're trying out new things and seeing what works and taking on some feedback that we received. And, you know, to start out the new year, we decided to try out a new one of our new format formats and Mm-hmm. We're going to tackle a show that you may or may not know. It's about a group of friends living in the Big Apple, New York okay. City, Apple. in their 20s, you know, figuring out life, na- navigating their dating lives and everything. Um, it, no, it's not friends. No, it's not sex and the city. Oh. No, it's not. I don't know where they lived in living single. But it's not that. It is how I met your mother. Oh, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing oh, that. I met your mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> that's Should a big show, know. boobs. Wow, right? Nine whole seasons. That's a lot, and it's what twenty-two episodes per season, or twenty-four? Twenty around twenty. Twenty. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's a lot. Um, but don't fret, roomies. 
We're not going to go through every episode in detail. In fact, like Boob said, we have a new structure and we're going to be using prompts this year. And our very first prompt is... The problem with main character syndrome. How about your mother? A case study. So... This show has a lot of main characters. You know, there's Ted, of course. Um, Everyone's favorite playboy, Barney Stinson. 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 Barney the purple dinosaur. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Barney. Um, Lily from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, Buffy the Vampire Slayer alum. Marshall from... Marshmallow. Sex Education. Wait, no, wrong show. What's the show? (laughs) Freaks and Geeks. Bad Teacher? What? Oh, freak. Yes, thank you. Freaks and geeks. Oh, gosh, dude. You need to brush up on your TV <laughs> knowledge. It's actually a movie I was trying to remember. The one with he and Camelia. Thank you. Yeah. And are we forgetting? Oh, and the Canadian. Robin. Robin, Robin obviously, from Marvel, you know. Oh, yeah. Of course. Nice. Yes. And that one film with Tom Cruise. I do not remember. It's probably Mission Impossible or something. So yeah, we've got a lot of characters to go through, a very interesting prompt, and I think this is going to be a very good episode. In fact, you know what, Boobs? I think this episode is going to be Legend, wait for it, Main Character Syndrome. What is that? Yes. So, what is Main Character Syndrome? Main Character Syndrome, according to Urban Dictionary, is a type of... Oh my god, Boobs. According to Urban... Urban Dictionary, main character syndrome, the type of condition characterized by one feeling as though they are destined to be a main character through possessing attributes and or having events happen in their life that cause them to become the protagonist of any fictional story. Okay. Okay. You know, there's more, of course, but whatever. Yeah. Um, And I first came across that specific term on TikTok and, you know, people using it Mm. in real life rather than for actual protagonists of fictional stories. But yes, I'm going to co-opt the term that was co-opted from fictional stories. What A lot of co-option is great. A lot of borrowing. Borrowing, yeah. <laughs> so that's essentially what main character syndrome is. Every show has a main character or a couple of main characters. For How Much Your Mother, we have our five mm-hmm. most important characters, our main characters, but... Obviously, Ted is, like, the main, like, he's the f- final boss, the main, the main character. The main main. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's literally narrating the story, so this is more than any other show that has a main character. This is from his point of view, and my theory has long been that because of that, the show has been skewed even more in his favor than it would have been were it's not narrated by him. Okay. Yeah. Okay, all right. But then, talking about main character syndrome, um, do you believe that Ted has main character syndrome? And I'm going to give another definition of it as well. Yeah. But, like, just would you say yes or no to that from how you understand it? Yes. Okay. See, yeah. I would disagree. Mm. And maybe it's because of his definition. So, I found this on Business Insider, and it mm. comes from a, a licensed therapist. Okay. <laughs> Her name is Kate Rosenblatt, you know, mm-hmm. and she says um, that there are three main characteristics of main character syndrome. So yeah. when you suffer from this, you 
believe that everything is about you and your problems. Mm -hmm. You frame yourself and your life as perfect. So you think, I'm so perfect and everything's about me. Yeah. And finally, you aren't good at taking criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, so now when I think of someone who suffers from main character syndrome, I'm going to flash back to our Sex and the City episode where we talked mm-hmm. about Carrie Bradshaw. That bitch to me is the definition of main character syndrome. I saw an article talking about this and they used Carrie's picture in it. And I was yes. like, shit, she'll have actually been more perfect. But we've already done that. But yes, Ted, sorry, is victim for this episode. Oh, well. See, but I feel like Carrie Bradshaw is main character syndrome. And I don't think that Carrie, Carrie and Ted are at the same level or even even really in the same like ballpark yeah. of main character syndrome. You know, So that's why I don't think that Ted suffers from main character syndrome. Yeah, I actually get what you're saying. And I actually agree with that. Um, okay. I th- so with Ted, because those are those things that from the article don't apply to him, like him presenting his life as perfect, because a lot of shit happened to Ted. And oh, even boy. with him being the narrator, he didn't try and make, at least with what we, what he told us, um, he didn't really try and make his life seem perfect. So in that regard, he doesn't suffer from that the way Carrie Bradshaw would. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's more... <laughs> How I think Ted suffers from main character syndrome is just how... Well, in this case, because it's kind of unique in the fact that he is narrating the story. Like, he's not just the main character. Friends, there was a narrator. Like, we had maybe Ross and Rachel as the main couple or whatever, but the six of them were still the main characters. So I guess the show wasn't overly biased for one character or the other because it was from a from a third um, person a perspective, person. Yeah. whereas How Much Your Mother is from Ted's perspective. So things like how Barney is portrayed as a character and, I mean, Barney is Barney and he's mm-hmm. really worshipped forever, but I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, I feel like Barney is just, I mean, it's also, it's also a sitcom, those are things wouldn't make sense, but I even think that having Barney be as cartoonist as she as he was mm-hmm. was more Ted's narration being um, being biased against Barney or something like I don't think if Hamish and mother was told from a third person mm-hmm. perspective I don't think Barney would have been as crazy as Barney was I'm trying to remember I think there was an episode or something where something had happened and Ted, Barney had no Ted had narrated it and then it mm-hmm. turned out whatever he was remembering actually happened the way he remembered it and so I mean I guess that happens when you have a narrator for a show mm-hmm. as in a character on the show they end up being kind of unreliable because your memory's wrong sometimes and yeah um okay uh, so it sounds like you're saying two things, I think. That one, yeah. you think Ted Mosby suffers from main character syndrome. And secondly, that his narration is unreliable just because, you know, he's a person. So it's going to be mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. Time. Um, okay. Um, just going off the narration point first, I think, yeah, that's a given. And there were times on the show that Ted, like, misremembered things. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like the show made an effort to like correct the stuff he misremembered. Yeah. So um, he there's an episode where he remembers 
meeting Lily in college on like their first night at a party and making out with her. Mm-hmm. And then he thinks that Lily came to his and Marshall's room to see him. He he makes that mistake, right? And but then yeah. later at the end of the episode, like it's confirmed that you know it's like years later when they when they're at a college reunion, and then the girl he actually made out with comes up to him and it's like, oh, I remember you too much tongue guide, ha ha ha. So I think the writers were kind of careful to not let the fact that Ted is the narrator completely skew the story they wanted to tell still portrayed all the other characters how they wanted them to be portrayed more or less and the thing with barney i've heard this uh theory of barney's actions being exaggerated by ted but then everyone reacted to barney the same way ted did Mm -hmm. i know he's ultimately the one telling the story but like how much could he have possibly embellished? Like, did he make up all the things that Lily supposedly said about Barney or like the Robin and Marshall said? I'm taking Ted's narration as like fact, basically, mm-hmm. more or less, because yeah. that's what the writers wanted us to know about these characters. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And like the main character thing, yeah, I just don't think I don't think Ted knows he's a main character. And I know there's this thing now, like people have accused him of being that stereotypical good guy or nice guy, quote-unquote, who's actually, like, a dick. Mm-hmm. But I don't think... I think he's actually a good person. Like, I can think of multiple times where he did good things. Like, there were also times he did bad things, but I feel like the good outweighs the bad. I don't know. People are just... There's this movement now to, like, you know... Consulted Mosby. Yeah, kind of. Or just, like, <laughs> nice guys in general. Like, nice yeah. guys who are evil guys, which does happen. But I think Ted was actually a good person. I don't think Ted was a horrible person. I don't think he was the worst person in the friend group, but I don't think he was the best person ever. Because he, he did some good things, and, you know, he had his moments um, of greatness or goodness. But then he also would then go and do things like expecting Stella and her nine-year-old daughter to move from their comfortable house in New Jersey that he hated with a passion to New York because it's New York and then to room with he and his married roommates. I'm like, what the Ted? Yeah, that was more like dumb. But then he agreed yeah. to move to Jersey though. Yeah. One day we were supposed to get married. And that bitch left him at the altar. So really anything you say about I Stella is void to me. <laughs> I hate that Stella. Her whole storyline is just, I'm like, yeah, I really like her. Like Ted thinking that the fact that he even assumed at first that she would move with him. I mean, that's just foolishness on his part. Yeah. But then apart from that, I just didn't like Stella at all, and I was so thankful when that was over with. Actually, the, but then it didn't end there because then her ex did that whole movie. He made. <sighs> they kept the whole Stella thing running, and I feel like this is one of the moments where I was just like, Ted is a better man than me. I mean. I'm not a man. He's a better person than me. Because <laughs> there was this whole thing about, okay, this this bitch Stella leaves you at the altar, right, to run off with yeah. your ex, Todd or Ted or whatever his name is. <laughs> Tony, I think was his name. I think it was Tony. Yeah. And then he bumps into them and Tony talks to him and is like trying to help him out because he feels guilty. And then Ted makes some like offhanded comment about, you know what? I'm fine without Stella. I don't even need her like mm-hmm. she was terrible da, da, da. and then Tony goes back to Stella and is like I don't want to be with you anymore because of something that Ted said and so then Stella goes to Ted and she's like almost demanding that he go talk to Tony and I'm like bitch what <laughs> how, yeah. how? And she left him on their wedding day and that's just I feel like 
there are very few situations, if any, that would make you leave someone. I feel like surely, you know, you would have thought ahead and just not made it to the to the wedding day. Like, why wait until the wedding to leave someone at the altar? Fuck that. In fact, no. The fact that he didn't, like, cuss her out when when she came to him, like, I need you to talk to Tony. Right. If I, if you leave me at the altar and I see you in public, like, I'm fighting you. <laughs> I'm physically fighting. It's like, there's no way, much less you come and tell me to go talk. And Ted actually does it, which just blows my mind. Yes, but then remember Victoria? Ted literally drove her from her wedding. In her wedding dress. But that was different because... <laughs> Okay. That's different because first of all, he didn't ask Victoria to run away with him. So like, you know, that's yeah. Most of the blame is on Victoria here because she was freaking out about her wedding, so she wanted to go with Ted and stuff. And at first he actually said no, like I've been at the altar, let's not do this. But then yeah. she convinced him. And I actually I really like Victoria. I actually want to talk about her. Their relationship was so interesting to me. He showed um, up with her. I kind of, I kind of think well uh, over Robin. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about who she was. Yeah, but yeah. Um. So then he was. Yeah, he was dragging her away, and but at least he was gonna leave a note. And then her her fiance ran out the window. At that point, I was like, okay, it's fair game now. Like he's not even a bad guy anymore, because the man was also abandoning her. So I'm like, nobody yeah. wants this wedding to happen. He's absolved of all the blame at that point. Is he? <laughs> Yeah, using the main character syndrome syndrome thing, I think um, a big characteristic of that is just selfishness and putting yourself first and your problems first. And Ted does do that a lot in season one. He does it with mm-hmm. the birthday girl. He does it with his long distance relationship with Victoria, where he kind of he lies to Robin and tells her that he's like broken up with Victoria so that they could hook up. Like that, that was gross. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> but but you know. He he learns from his mistakes. He's young. He's like 25, 26. No, it starts when he's twenty seven at the beginning of the show. I think he's he's <laughs> in his early twenties. <laughs> he's basically nineteen. Yeah, he's oh, he was nineteen like two days ago. He's a white young man. He's basically a boy. Um, so he he messes up a lot in earlier seasons, and he's not the only one, by the way, because Robin was also gross in that situation. Like she was trying to seduce him, knowing that he had a girlfriend. So. I'm looking at her too with the main character syndrome eyes. Um, yeah, so he makes a lot of mistakes. But then I think he develops and he becomes, particularly with Robin, he become, he's so like selfless. When the whole Robin Barney thing happens, he really puts his feelings aside or at least tries to, to like them be happy. And I think, you know, that is definitely, that's the opposite of main character syndrome. Um, I actually have a couple of those, the, the things you outlined from that therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw another article that mentioned just, but there were just four of them. The you know, you make everything about you and your problems. You frame mm. yourself and your life as perfect, and then you aren't good at taking criticism. I didn't see the other ones, but yeah, I definitely agree that someone like Carrie Bradshaw is a more accurate representation of main character syndrome, mm-hmm. and Ted, not so much. But yeah. I just, I mean, every main character has, well, like, you can point, pinpoint something that they would suffer from. Yeah, just Ted Mosby. Like, everyone. Yeah. I feel like 
we all suffer a little bit from mental disorders. Yeah, also in real life, we all do, you know, me sitting on a bus, listening to music when it's raining, looking out the window, because I am the main character, so. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, we all have a little bit of that selfishness, but I don't think Ted's is to a point where it's really toxic. And I actually like, you know, I think, um, I actually wrote this down. Mm. Ted doesn't have main character syndrome. He has main character energy, you know, and there's a difference, right? So yeah. he does all these really grand gestures, like that's his thing, you know, stealing the blue French horn. Yeah. Giving all these, oh God, you guys can see boobs right now where she's like pretending to gag, and you know it's obvious that her heart is made of ice. So I'm just ignore her. <laughs> I think they're romantic. <laughs> no, but um, Ted likes to give all these big speeches, and I think a lot of them are kind of moving or at least sincere when he does it. You know, he genuinely means it. He's genuinely searching for love in the big city. He puts himself out there on all these dates. Maybe not all of them. Some of them he just goes for fun. But, you know, when he falls in love, he falls hard. So I feel like he has a lot of main character energy where he's not afraid to do the big gesture and draw attention to himself in that sort of way and make a big deal out of finding love. Mm -hmm. But that's not that's not a negative thing. I think we all need a little bit more main character energy in our lives. You know, like if you want something, go for it. And that's what Ted does consistently throughout the show. He goes for what he wants. Mm-hmm. I think, well, no, we said we'll stop saying I think or I feel. Oh, yeah, I I've said it like five times. <laughs> but no, for this one, I genuinely think, um, <laughs> but it's not a fact-based opinion. Sorry, it's, not, it's an opinion. So it's not, it's with Ted, Um, wait, no, what was it? Yes, yeah, so the thing you mentioned about Ted going for what mm-hmm. he wants and that's great, you know. As cynical as I may be, I'm also a huge romantic at heart. So yeah, um, okay. <laughs> it's just Ted's part of Ted's problem, and I think no, ugh, no. I this one I know. There was a point <laughs> where they called him. Someone he was called out for how you know. Also, the show is spent with him talking about how he wants to find true love, and he wants he just wants someone to settle down with, mm-hmm. and then. I don't remember what season it was, but at that point, we had seen enough of what his dating history is like to know that part of the problem is Ted. It's like, you know, he yeah. what he wants, you know, settle down. He wants kids. He wants a happy married family life. And then the girl he keeps going after is Robin, who has said, who has been so strong about the fact that she does not want to have kids. But like, but that he, I think, I mean, Maybe there was some soulmate connection there, but he loves her. I feel like after she said she doesn't want kids, like this is the ultimate challenge. So that's why she was the one that stuck out so much because um, you know, maybe maybe not, but yeah. it was insane how you know Robin couldn't give him one of what like the main thing he wanted, but yeah. she loved him so much. And maybe Victoria wasn't the perfect girl for him, but I feel like she would have. In my opinion, she was a better match than um, okay. Robin was. They would have made a better, just compatible, just from what he said he wanted. Because I, yeah. I think a lot of times he said things that he didn't actually want. And I think he's more, I think he enjoys romance. He enjoys finding love and he enjoys the idea of romance more than he does about. More, I think he enjoys that more, at least at that time. I think he enjoyed that more than he actually did 
or thought he or, or that he would want to have settled down. Because, you know, there were episodes where he was, you know, more serious about it, about what his mind said. But a lot of times he um, went along with Barney and his and Barney's quest, um, foolish quest to just sleep with as many people as he as he wanted to. You know, Ted also casually did. Yeah, I mean, there. I mean, you should casually date, yeah. He did, he yeah. did the right thing. But I feel like all the normal thing that people do with, da- with mm-hmm. dating, but I, in my opinion, if you're, you know, if that's because at that point that was kind of his priority, his working life was kind of fine. He wasn't. There were, excuse me, only a few points where he his working like his professional life was up in the air, but all the other times, all the women he went after, you know, Victoria was Victoria, and then that had his own issue, and then mm-hmm. what's the name of that girl that was married to the captain? Oh, waiting for rats in that building. I don't remember her name, but her. Because I wanted to say Stella, but that's not Stella. No, she was like Stella. Oh, no. <laughs> also, yeah. not a good choice. Yeah, because like Stella, kind. I feel I'm from the first time she showed up. Not that having people who have children can and should date. That shouldn't stop. But when she mentioned the thing about the eggs and how she was so yeah. close, still into the eggs and had a nine-year like. That should have been a red flag, but I don't know. Ted, that invited him. That was a green flag to him. The girl with that no. was married. She was married. Ted was basically having an affair with the her. Whole husband. <laughs> the whole husband. And then she was putting rats into build. And then she sabotaged um his building. Although, I mean, okay, from a progressive standpoint, she was in the right, but that was his work. And I don't know. That was just a very weird yeah, thing that they had. But yeah, also another red flag that okay. Ted ignored. And yeah. then Robin, the several times they dated and whatever. So I think, okay, with yeah. Robin, I feel like Robin was the right person wrong time. And I feel like that's mm. what the show reinforces in the finale and why they end up together. Yeah. Because although she said she didn't want what he wanted, um, she still loved him and like mm-hmm. she especially when he was with victoria she was actively pursuing him i remember her because i love victoria i think she's so great i love her like free spirit vibe and she bakes i'm like uh come and date me like <laughs> right like come and be my best friend or something you're too good for these people mm-hmm. um but yeah when victoria was around um robin was being mean to her and so she was obviously into Ted and then Lily told Ted that Robin was into him. And so that's what made him then go extra and like, oh, Robin likes me now. Like completely forget about <laughs> Victoria and go back to Robin. So I feel like he really did love Robin and they had that sort of instant connection. And when they dated, they I think they had a really great relationship. I stopped saying I think when they dated, they had a really great relationship. <laughs> Much better than Robin and Barney's relationship, in my opinion. So yeah. That might be controversial because I know a lot of people stand them, but that Robin and Barney made no sense. And um, oh yeah, the whole not wanting kids thing is why they broke up, and that was a mutual decision. But I do think they were the most compatible in a way after mm-hmm. after Robin. Yeah, I think Robin mm-hmm. and Ted, Victoria. Victoria is a close second. I think. Yeah, but he just didn't love her the way he loved Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ted was right in in my opinion to you know pursue Robin, and when that didn't work out, he pursued <laughs> other women like Stella and and the girl he dated twice, and 
um his wife's Zoe. roommate. Yeah, so his wife's roommate. Yeah, his wife who led him to meeting mm-hmm. his, his wife. His wife is great as well, actually. I think mm, he and his wife were probably a better match, which is why they got married. Yeah. And then his wife her, was perfect. Yeah, she was kind Always of perfect. said, you know, everything she mm-hmm. took she just happened to die. So. Yeah, the sense of humor and everything, they were so connected. So I think for Ted's matches would be his wife, Tracy, that was her name. Yeah. Um, then Robin, then Victoria. I would rank it's Tracy, Victoria, and then Robin for me. Mm. The rest of them are just at the bottom, like they don't care. Okay. Because I think I like it when, and this is something I rarely see in media where, so whoever is endgame, you know, if there's, if there are multiple love interests, like in this case now, you know, he ended up with the wife who ended up dying, but, you know, I think people can love it. Like he, he and, Bar- and Robin were in love with each other, but mm-hmm. I like to see it portrayed where just because they are in love with each other and have great chemistry. Like, that's not enough to sustain a relationship. Like, that shouldn't mean they end up together. And that's why that's why I would have wanted them to not end up together um, uh, oh, okay. at all. Because they still love each other. And when they went out, like, they were both in love with each other. But I just, that wasn't enough. And I think the way the show did it, that, you know, the wife ended up dying... So it was perfect because at that point, you know, mm. Robin was older. And even if she wasn't, like, um, I think they had the episode where we saw that she couldn't have kids anyway. And he already had his children. So he's like, oh, perfect. Now, you know, the wife is out of the way. We can finally be together, which is nice for the characters. But I think that's kind of, I didn't like that. So even if she didn't end up with Barney, because I like she and Barney, I prefer she and Barney to she and Ted just because like, that was really? stupid together. Um, it's one of the things that I let myself be stupid about, like because it's a stupid show. So it's one yeah, of those okay. stupid things that I just let myself enjoy because, you know, in real life, you know. I, Barney as a character, fun sometimes. Barney, if I was thinking about him as a real person, ill to jail, oh, just cool. know. Like, he's everything I hate about men, real men. So, anyway, but yeah, back Barney to... is the embodiment of toxic masculinity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yet he's one of the most beloved characters on this show. Isn't that mm-hmm. <laughs> when you have a charming white man called Neil Patrick Harris, you can make it work. <laughs> Who cares? Um, we love him now. He's great. <laughs> but yeah, with um, with Robin and Ted, yeah, that's just I like that they loved each other, and I, I want to see more where there's a, their love interest where they actually love each other. But that's just not enough. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I agree, and that's something that um, occurred to me as I was watching. It seemed that one of the themes of the show was the idea that love is not enough. Like, mm-hmm. love isn't always enough. Sometimes you can love someone so much, but it just doesn't work out for other yeah. reasons, like mm-hmm. Robin and Ted. And um, Robin actually has a quote where she says, if you have chemistry, you only need one other thing, timing, but timing's a bitch. And that was really the issue with uh, Ted and Robin was timing. Mm-hmm. Both wanted different things at yeah, different times, yeah. At different times, yeah. And and also Robin also just didn't want kids, but then she kind of warmed to them later on, so it, it worked in the end. Um, I saw a lot of people online talking about how the mother uh, Tracy was only there to have Ted's babies and die. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wrapped up yeah. almost two 
neatly. I can't say too nicely because someone died. Mm. You know, they lost their mother, but it, it was almost too perfect. It was also a sitcom, so it, it wasn't going to end sadly. I'm sadly. Yeah. I'm just. I just personally wasn't satisfied and happy with the ending. Just personally. Yeah. I feel like I was satisfied with the ending because yeah. I, I wanted Ted and Robin to be together and I thought they made the most sense as a couple. I mm. did like the mom, um, but when she died, it was like, I was like, I was like, okay. Like, I, felt, I felt a little bit sad, obviously, because she had died, but I wasn't too attached to her as a character. Mm. That I we only saw for one like, season. Yeah, we only saw for one. Mm. She was very good in that season, though. Like, props mm-hmm. to the actress. She wasn't a real character in my head because... Mm. When did we find out she died? Was it at the beginning of the season or was it towards the end? I think it was like halfway through towards the end. They oh. hinted that she wasn't going to be there for her daughter's wedding and stuff like yeah. that. They started hinting that she wouldn't be around. Because I think my attachment to her is also, or the lack of attachment I have to her, was also because mm. of how I watched it. Because I'm not sure I followed it the final season when it was airing. I think so. So I think by the time it had ended, I already knew. So as I was watching it, you know, I had been following the show for several years. And I was, you know, so the new character, I kind, of, I kind of binge watched the final season. So I didn't get attached to the character. I knew she was dying. So she wasn't a real character in my head because she, like those people on the internet said, she was there to have Ted's babies and then she died. No, but I think, yeah, in a way, but that's, in in this story, in the story that Ted is telling, that's mm-hmm. kind of like her role, but I don't think that makes her, that minima- minimalizes her impact in Ted's life, if yeah. that makes sense. So I think in the story that he's telling of how I met your mother, he's actually telling them how he met Aunt Robin, because, you know, at the end, the kids say the whole thing of, Dad, your m- mom was barely in the story, like, you obviously just trying to hook up with Aunt Robin, or da 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 So that was really the story that Ted was telling them, but he just, like, disguised it as how I met your mother. Yeah. Uh, and I also like the title, because I think it works both ways, because how he tells the story of how he met their biological mother, but then also Robin, who's potentially going to be their stepmom, so it kind yeah. of works both ways. I think that's nice. So, yeah, I think... Her character had a huge impact on Ted's life. You know, they would have gotten married, had kids and had years together and all of that. But then he's really telling the story of how he met Aunt Robin because, you know, now that his wife is dead, he wants to move on. And I also think it's interesting how everyone's so mad or questioning his love for his wife because he's moving on. And Mm. can't people love two people? Yeah, although she's dead. Yeah. spouses die every day so do you expect them to never move on or mm-hmm. can they never move on with someone they knew before they met their spouse like are there rules now so it's like come on guys it's a bit yeah. it's a bit unfair to i mean it's, ted is a fictional character why am i defending him but <laughs> it's a bit unfair to imply that he almost didn't love his wife or she was just there to have his baby simply because now he wants to six years after she's died he wants to move on with something yeah that's weird yeah um i don't think at least the, the, the way i think of his wife like you know just definitely not minimizing her impact in ted's life or or the show itself because i like when a show is able to round out their show nicely you know and connect mm-hmm. things from beginning to end so in the beginning when he talks about like it's quite obvious that robin is the girl for him and and so the show was on for nine seasons, so that's like nine to ten years. And I followed it for most of that point, you know. 
And because of that, it was one of the it's one of the reasons I think that it's important how you tell your story in and I, what I mean by that is like it's important you know binging versus like you know following a story you follow this for nine years and for eight of those years we did not know who this mother was and obviously the nine season show they're not going to release that all at once so it was going to be hard anyway whatever way they did it to satisfy me personally because however long I was watching the show the I knew that he was in love with Robin, but I also mm-hmm. knew that Robin, at some point, that Robin wasn't going to be the mother because they kept breaking up and getting back together. And I was like, and also the kids called her Aunt Robin. So I knew it wasn't her. So there was also an expectation that whoever was going to be the mother would be there there, and not die. Mm. So okay. like that's why it just felt... Okay, so you were expecting Ted to completely move on from Robin at the end of the yeah. show. And, and, and I, insane, after, um, I also like how he does end up with her because of how it started out. Like, I, Okay, while I didn't want them to end up together, just from a story te- storytelling point of view, I like how at the beginning it starts out with her being the obvious, all this, all nine seasons have been about him just showing how much he really loves her and, and whatever. But... So from a storytelling point of view, I like that. But it still didn't satisfy me just <clears throat> after so many years and being mm. w- waiting for yes, waiting for Tracy, waiting for the mother to show up and then the mother shows up and then the mother dies. And and that makes sense. I think that's probably where a lot of people were coming from. Um when I watched the show the first time and this time, I just binge watched everything basically. Yeah. Um, the, it had already ended. So I didn't have to wait that long to find out if the mother was in some weeks. You know, I knew <laughs> I had the entire story. And also, I can remember this first season and what happened in there and all the little hints that Robin was always going to be the one. Because w- what they did on the show was so interesting because they were filming the kids. They had to film the ending of the show around like season two Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they already locked in the ending of the show yeah they already knew who the mother was and they already had that discussion between justin russo from wizards of waverly place and uh ted yeah 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 um yeah they already had that interaction so they already the writers and creators already knew that robin was endgame and then i can see that Throughout the, the nine seasons of the show, they would constantly hint at that or, you know, Ted would be seeming to move on with someone, but then there'll be some sliver of hope with Robin or Robin would look longingly at Ted and Ted would look longingly at Robin. So I just always knew they'd end up together. It was just interesting to see how they would. And definitely when she got married to Barney, I was like, how is this going to work now? Yeah. <laughs> season nine felt that was wrong it felt rushed because all these things happened you know we first meet the mother in season nine well mm. season eight but we first meet her season nine she dies yeah. season nine barney and robin get engaged and all get married in season nine they break up in season nine like episode for the end and then it just felt too fast and just like mm-hmm. There was a slow burn for the first eight seasons, and then season nine just take it. Like, but ending the show, take it all and leave. That's yeah. all. Because it's a I great think... show to watch in hindsight, like to watch back, knowing yeah. what happens. It's more. I think it will be more enjoyable just watching it yeah. that way than following. 
part of the reason I think Robin and Barney broke up is because if we're thinking, okay, Ted is our narrator, there's no way Ted would have been in that marriage to really narrate every detail, especially because after their wedding, they moved to Argentina or something for yeah. Robin's work. So it's like, how, like, what would Ted really have to say about that <laughs> other than when he met them three years later and they were like, oh, we're getting a divorce. And he's like, oh, no. I mean, so, but we saw Lily and Marshall's marriage. Because Ted was living with yeah. them. Yeah, but I mean, if they had just not written that they went to Argentina, that's what I would have yeah. been able to see them being married. But that was up in season one. Robin says, I want to live in Argentina. So it's, you know, I mean, they could have made her change her mind, but her oh, job at a different time was leading her to yeah. Argentina. And that's why her and Ted couldn't be together. So it would have been kind of yeah. weird. Like, they, like, I don't know, they just removed that obstacle for Barney. It, it's, yeah, a little inconsistent. Because she traveled at different times in the show. Like, when she and Ted first broke up, um, she traveled to, what's it Costa Rica? She came back with her boyfriend and had braids. And Rica and then, <laughs> And then when she went to Japan for a job. So, I think she could have still traveled. But then, I mean, if they wanted to rectify that, it just, she could have traveled at different points. And then she and Barney didn't have to go and live in Argentina. If they wanted to show us their relationship. Like they didn't because she wasn't, they weren't in game. Yeah, I guess. So, my my verdict with Ted Mosby is that he does not have main character syndrome. But this next character I want to talk about <laughs> does. Boobs, are you sticking with what? What? What's how do you feel about Ted? I still don't like Ted as a character. Okay. And before it was more like, oh, I hate Ted, just you know. I irrationally hate Ted. But now I'm like, I still hate Ted, but okay. <laughs> is there even a conclusion to that sentence? I still hate Ted. I just I guess I, I respect him more okay. than I did then. I had zero respect for this guy. He's I just found him so foolish. Oh my goodness. But now I yeah, you know, and also I see why people do like him. Because I don't think he's a horrible person. No. I just think he's an annoying character. Okay, okay. He did lots of foolish things, but he also did lots of really good things. Yeah. When Barney came up with this big scheme to marry Patrice or whatever, to get Robin to come see him. And then Ted literally drives Robin to, um, what was it called? The Worldwide News Building, where Barney, yeah. even though Barney told Ted not to tell Robin about the Patrice thing. And then Marshall as well told Ted not to tell Robin. Marshall said, you know, go be selfish, go get the girl. But Ted in his conscience was like, no, I can't do this. I know she's in love with Barney. I'm gonna I'm gonna let her go. You know, and she even not only even after driving the bitch there, he's like still coaching her in the car and like, go get him. Yeah. Also because I think he's a good friend. Yes. And that's one of that's one of the things that makes me respect him now as a person because when I'm thinking of all the other main characters that I hate, like Elena from Baba Diaries, I don't think she's a particularly... I, I don't know how she shows up in every episode. It's just, it's amazing. She's an icon, truly. But yeah, I don't think... One of the things that annoys me is that I I don't think she's a great friend, you know, yeah. and she's kind of selfish in an annoying way. But Ted, he's ultimately a good friend. So... Yeah. Well, the person you were talking about that you think um, suffers from main character syndrome, is it Barney or Robin? Barney definitely has a lot of issues. <laughs> so get him. But I was actually thinking Lily. Oh, oh, you know, I don't hate Lily. I think she's 
okay, but I never see anybody being critical of her, and that makes me want to be more critical of me. So, you she's know the one sliding under the radar. She she annoyed me at various points <laughs> in the show, especially mm-hmm. in the rewatch, because I think even the first time, I just didn't really pay attention to her. Yeah. Because I think it's easy to forget with all the Robin, Barney, Ted nonsense going on. She and Marshall are there for comedic effects, and also they, they are the power couple, not power couple, but they're the ideal mm-hmm. couple. They have the perfect marriage almost and the perfect relationship um, w- with some issues here and there. But yeah, and I think Marshall's a pretty good guy, but Lily, I don't know. Some, the thing, so, okay. So the first strike against her as having main character syndrome was when she breaks up with Marshall. Mm-hmm. To move to San Francisco, mind you, they're engaged. Yes. Fiance, moves to San Francisco to pursue her art career. And she doesn't speak to him. She doesn't call him or Ted for months. I think it was six months or something. Just mm. radio silence. That to me is the definition of main character syndrome. Like how, how, how could you be so heartless? And her apartment that she just left. Like this is not that relevant, but that's just, <laughs> I don't know, thinking of, as a someone in her mid twenties living in the real world, thinking about of just leaving her apartment, mm-hmm. a ghost in her apartment, and then she comes back, and then they turn into a restaurant. That annoys me to my core. Oh. It's not important. But that yeah, just, but just, what kind of what kind of rubbish? Are you angry that they turned it into a restaurant? Or no, I'm annoyed that she was so Calm. reckless like that. Oh, reckless! Oh, yeah, yeah. abandoned apartment. That's the sort of careless shit Carrie Bradshaw would do, like when she used to store her shoes in the I oven. Want, and then that is so irresponsible. God, Boob sounds like such a mother right now. Like, <laughs> <you be> so <laughs> Last time I watched it, I was. I mean, I still don't have that many financial responsibilities now, thank God. But now, just like money means so much more to me now, and just being financially responsible. So, think, oh my God, think, I've not thought about this in years, but thinking about it now is actually driving me crazy. Yeah. This might actually be the worst thing she has done. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. Um, back to Marshall. So she left her fiancé two months before their wedding in Boogie. She abandoned her apartment to the point that they sold it. <laughs> Do you remember her credit card debt? debt? That, that's another thing that's on my list. <laughs> that is on my list. So the Marshall thing was just emotionally heartless. I understand you want to follow your childhood dream because guessing marriage is a big thing and they were planning the wedding and they had booked the venue and she was feeling a lot of pressure. So I don't even really blame her for wanting to have a break or whatever. It's yeah. better you do that before the marriage than after, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that she just up and, they had an argument and then she just up and left for six months and didn't talk to Marshall, didn't talk to Ted, basically left her old life behind to go and be the main character in San Francisco, artist no rubbish arts. Painting all the painting. <laughs> wasn't that great of an artist. I mean, yeah. Well, that's what she it's found objective. out. When she San Francisco. Objective, but I'm going to be objective. Like it was shit. Like yeah, she, she she wasn't very successful, and that's in San Francisco. That's why she came back, and also you know Marshall or whatever. But if she had made it as an artist, and Marshall actually brings that up in an argument in I think season eight or nine, he asked her, okay, he brings up San Francisco, and he's like. What, so what if you had been successful there? What would have happened to us and our family and our child? Like, would any of this even be possible? She's like, mm-hmm. Marshall, don't say that. And I'm like, Marshall should... Uh, this no, is say it, say it. Like, what? <laughs> you should have brought this up as soon as she came back. So yeah, that that was just 
stereotypical main character syndrome, moving to a brand new city all on your own and pretending that everyone you know is like dead to you. <laughs> Crazy. She pulled something like that when she was having a hard time being a mother. And at that time, I empathized with her. Like, it was hard. And, you know, her one, wanting to leave, understandable. And it's, it's actually not really the same thing, but it's, you know, just speaks to her character. Or just, it's consistent with and in line with what her, what her character would do, you know, running when things get too hard. Exactly. Um, so just not calling her out on it. I've never been a mother, so I would not know the stress and toll it takes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Lily, what the fuck? And coming back to the three things on the main character syndrome list, that whole, um, you aren't good at taking criticism. There was that episode when after Lily had come back and she listened to a voicemail Ted left for Marshall where he called her a, a bad word that was yeah. censored, that was Grinch. Um, oh, no. I don't know if it was bitch or cunt. I, there's well, I thought it was bitch. I thought it was bitch because it kind of rhymes with Grinch, but then I heard in the video they said it was cunt. I was like, what? Oh, I mean, that makes more sense because cunt is worse. Yeah. But it's supposed to be PG's show, so that yeah, would be quite harsh. bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I was expecting. Okay. Okay, let's say it was a bitch, but with the severity of cunt. <laughs> okay. So he called her a, a, a bunch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a, a combination of the two. And she gets so angry, and um, Ted is like, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> Which, uh, I know a lot of people thought that was bad, but I feel the same. I'm like, if you did something cuntish, right, and I happen to call you a cunt while the thing was happening, this is not like now we've made up, but in the middle of the thing, I call you a cunt or a bitch to somebody else. I stand mm -hmm. by what I said. Like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry you had to hear that, but... I'm not wrong. Mm. But she couldn't take it. She, you know, she started beating Ted and she stole Christmas and removed all the decorations and moved out and just basically threw a temp, a, what's it called? Temper tantrum <laughs> about the whole thing. You know, you know, you were being a bitch by moving to San Francisco um, and not telling anyone. And that was the thing. Speaking of friendship, that was a really good moment in their friendship as well because. Lily's point of view is, I don't understand why you would call me that. I didn't even do anything to you. You know, I left Marshall. And Ted was like, no, you left me too. Like, all mm -hmm. three of us are friends. And you just left me and you didn't call me for months. Like, I was also upset. And I felt like that was a good episode to explore their friendship. But yeah, so Lily is also not very good at taking criticism because, I mean... I mean, at the end of the episode, she does come around and she admits, you know, I was being kind of a bitch or... Mm -hmm. But yeah, um... And then the shopaholic nonsense that she was on credit card debt, that was... The America's um, economic system is messed up. So there are people who are in financial debt and credit card debt out of necessity. That's mm -hmm. fine. It's, you know, they are victims of the system. But I cannot stand the fact that she's in debt. I mean, she wasn't born rich, so whatever. Like, uh, maybe it frustrates me so much because I don't think I'm particularly that responsible financially. So whenever I see someone doing drastically worse or making drastically worse decisions than I would, it makes me extra annoyed because I know that I'm not that I'm like I mess up a lot too. Mm -hmm. It's like, why would you mess up much more than me? Yeah, that sounds next level. Up, but it's, like, it's, it's annoying. 
Speaking about it. And what annoyed me about that, because I initially I was willing to treat it as an addiction because it was, oh, she shops when she's upset. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. she's an emotional shopper, like an emotional eater. I was willing to sympathize. But then Robin told her to tell Marshall, her husband at this point, but she refused and they were planning on buying the house and she just wasn't going to tell him. Yes. Girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> tell him. <laughs> there was something I, I didn't like that she did with Ted's boss because she taught um, kindergartners mm-hmm. for a while. And then obviously the way you te- treat kindergartners, you know, their children. Um, and then Ted boss, Ted's boss did something and then she took his prize ball that was signed by something. Yeah. And then it was just so annoying to me. I'm like, this is first of all, if he's rude to you, you don't treat him like a child. Exactly. Tell him, and if you don't think you can tell him, then well, I mean, just keep it down, I guess. And then Ted's boss was threatening to fire him, and I don't know, I can't remember how that ended, but just the fact that that was a situation, it was, <laughs> it was not the kind of ridiculousness I would enjoy from a sitcom. That was just annoying. See? I feel that way all the... You know, side note, this is why I couldn't get through the office because what's-his-face genuinely pisses me off. Michael. <laughs> Steve Carell's car- I cannot oh. stand Michael Scott. I was like, I'm genuinely irritated by the shit he mm. does. So, yeah. Like, this is no longer funny. I just had to stop. But yeah, mm. this episode with Lily, Lily and Brian Cranston's character was very annoying she just took his ball and then she it was her thing to just steal people's belongings when they were acting up and treat them like children and she's so that's the thing i hate about her i think the most the fact that she meddles in other people's relationships and she, she did it with ted and his mm-hmm. own relationships because because she because she mentioned that um that moment the moment where she and um that she was envisioning in the future where she mm-hmm. and and Marshall, and then Ted and his wife, and yes. like, we don't want to be next to this person, so we're going to mess every relationship until we get the one we want. And I think though, one of the times Ted and Robin broke up, yeah, she meddled or said she meddled. I mean, she and Ted and 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 Robin already said that that was even if she didn't meddle at that time, they probably broke up. Yeah, but she said she meddled in that. Yeah, she scene. implanted the whole "Where do you want to be in five years?" Thing in their heads subconsciously. Mm. And the thing with Lily, so okay, and this is going to be an analogy, and I don't know, it might not. I'll try to make it make sense. So with Lily, when you think about her character, like every time as the show went on, you know, every time it was revealed that she did something bad, it's like it's kind of like the whole take an inch or, or no, just testing. Your bond, um, your boundaries, and just seeing how how seeing how much of how much horrible stuff from her you can stomach. So like, every mm-hmm. time something new was revealed, it was like okay, okay, okay. Because it starts out, and when it starts out, Lily does, definitely doesn't seem like the kind of person who would do all these things. But then as we get to yeah. know her, we're like, oh no, she actually. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh, you're used to all the horrible stuff she has done, and then it does. It's not that big of a shocker. But if you were to compare beginning Lily with ending Lily like it would be such a stark difference I think it would be so shocking whereas with other characters like even Barney who's the worst character on the show or worst person on the show mm-hmm. you're like okay I mean okay no that's a good example because we start out with Barney being just awful yeah but just any other normal character and it starts out like you know as the show goes on say Robin too as the show goes mm-hmm. on you know they grow and then you make mistakes 
But then if I was to compare like season one, episode one, Robin with season nine, Robin, yeah, you can see the growth and you can see, okay, she's kind of changed and grown and it's not that stark. But really, it almost seems like a different person because so many things that they reveal that she has done, they just seem like borderline psychopathic. Like the whole mm-hmm. she for, so for for seasons and for years for the characters, it's um Marshall and like that story of how they met and how it was all mm-hmm. happenstance and he loved that because you know fate and he believed in that. Only for it to be revealed that she set that up. Mm-hmm. She ripped the wires. Yes, from the they do love each other. Well, like, it's kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. And, and she just, would just let him believe that for years. <laughs> and it's just. They, everything's a lie. It's, a, it's like if the the kind of person, <laughs> just like how the show, if you're watching it, knowing what happened, you can enjoy it more because you're 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 going there knowing this is Barney and sorry, this is Robin and Ted's love story. But if you go into the show knowing that Lily is this character, like you 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 can't you're not going to be able to enjoy her. She starts off okay. I like her character in the beginning. She's kind of one of the boys, but not in like a cool girl sort of way. That's Robin's character. She yeah. seems to genuinely get along with them and like their sense of humor, but she also has her like girly side and she takes care of kids and it's all cute. But then the more that gets revealed about the kind of person she is, it's just like what? Like when is it too much? Like when when do we say this is it's this no is longer it. cute. It's no longer cute. This up until the last season where Marshall gets the judgeship, he gets offered um the opportunity to be a judge in New York City, but then Lily has this art thing in Rome. Again, her art dreams in Rome she wants to pursue. So they mm-hmm. have this big argument about whether she should go to Rome or whether Marshall should take the judgeship and they eventually do go to Rome for a year but I just thought the way she was she was so adamant at the beginning of the fight like we're going to Rome we're going to Rome I was like why like why like why is it just a given that we would go pursue your art dream over being a judge like something that could actually change lives and like impact people but you know what I mean? It's, yeah. She's so, uh, she can be so one-track minded and selfish. And it's just, I know. I'm not to compare awful. dreams, but <laughs> season one, episode one, that's where we learn Marshall is in law school. Mm. I would assume most lawyers, I know that I know many lawyers, but I feel, a lot of lawyers I either know or have heard of, is that it's a lifelong goal and a dream and something they're working towards. And he gets to the point where he's, basically the final, like the last stop of something he has been working to all his life. Um, I don't remember them mentioning that whole art dream. Uh, it wasn't even like a, a dream or goal the way Robbins was. Like Robbins specifically wanted to go to like Argentina or whatever. Like, he knew that Lily had an interest in art. Again, not to minimize or compare dreams. I no, know this I sounds yeah. horrible. But I mean, one just seems more important than the other to me. And they had a ch- a baby. And I think that's to travel. The way it was portrayed as well in season one and the early seasons, it was almost like a hobby. Like she would just paint yes, and them exactly. up. It wasn't like oh, I want to be the next Picasso <laughs> type situation. And it would be one thing if, because you know, it would have actually been a good storyline if because they were they were in. Keep it their mid to late twenties, mm. and by that age, lots of people turn their dreams and go into hobbies because they can't really pursue them. And it would make sense that she, you know it was a dream and goal, but you know 
it's art. She lives in New York. A lot of people have to um, knock it down the priority list into a hobby. So maybe that was what happened with her. But still, okay, they're married. And it was just a year. She could have gone by herself. It's yeah. hard, but it's doable. You know, he he wouldn't even be able to practice law for that entire year that they were in um, Italy, or he wasn't able to do that when they, they were there. I just hated that there wasn't she. There didn't seem to be much compromise, and he wasn't understanding. She wasn't understanding his point of view because he was initially on board for the Rome thing. He's like, let's go mm-hmm. to Rome. Then he got the call while he was with his mom in Minnesota and that's when he was like oh now I have to tell Lily we have to discuss this but Lily was just like we're going to Rome we're going to Rome and I mean he ended up going to Rome but then it fucked up his judgeship kind of because when he got back the space was gone so he had to wait Mm -hmm. and do a job a corporate job that he hated for a couple more years before he finally got the judgeship at the end of the show so it was just kind of like girl yeah so Lily is not it Marshall I don't have anything to say Marshall, a fun time. Yeah, I think he's a pretty good guy all around. I like him. Okay, um, Barney, boobs. Do you think Barney suffers from main character syndrome? The reason I can't personally properly seriously talk about Barney as a character mm-hmm. is that he's he's too cartoonish. Mm. Like he's not a real. Well, actually, no. There, he he definitely. He has a you know his human moments where he does his yeah. good stuff and his bad stuff and like you know whatever, but he's just he's too ridiculous as a character. Um, but even like how he's you know misogynistic and sexist, but then when, when he does some other horrible stuff, but it doesn't even come from a malicious place the way like when we talked about Lily, she did a lot of things that felt like malicious, like she was trying to cause harm, whereas. Mm. Barney, I think he's just mindless as a character. So a lot of things he does, what ended that, a lot of things he did that were horrible. Not to like make excuses for the man, but a lot of things he did, from what I remember, just they, they seem like they came from him such a mindless, non-malicious place. Almost like a puppy. Not puppy. Puppies are too cute. Yeah. Almost like an animal. It sounds like you're almost excusing his behavior. Because <laughs> I've never taken Barney seriously. Okay. See, the thing... So at the beginning, it was like, okay, Barney's just jokes. He's there to be like, have you met Ted? You know, he's the legend, wait for it. The bro-dumb, the bro-code, all that stuff. Um, he's there for, you know, mainly comedic reasons. Yeah. Um, but... It's interesting as the show goes on, they definitely humanize him more and more. And and I think it's hard for me to treat him strictly as a character or, or a cartoon because so much of How I Met Your Mother is based on humor, but with heart. You mm-hmm. know, it's all these deep emotional moments where we talk about love and life. And definitely with when Barney expresses not maybe liking his lifestyle that much, you know, he talks about his daddy issues, how he was abandoned. That was a whole thing where he had this deep episode where he stole the basketball hoop from his dad's yeah. garage. Yeah. And he went to Ted's house like, kid needs a hoop. <laughs> that was a big moment. So so it then becomes harder for me. I'm like, okay, they're trying to flesh him out. He's a three-dimensional character. So let me let me treat him as that. 
And I think Barbie is one of the worst human beings in the world. But because he's so funny and Neil Patrick Harris is so likable, it's just, you know, we just laugh through it. Yeah. But if you think about all the shit he actually does, just his treatment of women alone is Mm -hmm. preposterous. (laughs) And I never use that word. (laughs) Yeah. And even even his treatment, because that's his biggest flaw or his biggest problem is how his treatment his treatment of women and because i know that neil patrick harris is so not straight yeah i can't even and obviously there are times there's certain um times where you know i can't distinguish between actor and character mm. and there are times where I, I i don't like it just it's case by case basis and in this case if it was played by any other man who was straight then I'll treat it the way I treat I I I'll think of him the way I think of other sex um misogynistic and sexist male characters. But the Patrick Harris just is that's actually what adds to the to his, to his um comical nature of just his treatment, like how he's so and yeah, you know, straight sorry, cis gay men can also be misogynistic towards women like that. We see that all the time. But the Patrick Harris is just he's so not straight. That Barney and and this is just a me thing because there are people who hate Barney and that's valid, but for me it's like it's so it's adds to the ridiculousness of the situation how you know he's like the worst humanizer he just uses women like he does he literally doesn't see them as human beings mm. and they not have meal he just like not even women so every time he like you know makes out with someone or something he's like, did you know he was gay before you started watching I did. Okay, I didn't, so <laughs> I I treated it like, oh, this yeah. is a straight guy doing his Being, dirt yeah. sort of thing. But then I found out he was gay, obviously, and I recently rewatched it. And watching, <laughs> this is might be weird, but I'm like, I can see it. <laughs> like now, now that I have the knowledge, I'm like, I can kind of see him being gay. Because of course, <laughs> when um, I found out he was gay after I'd seen the show, I was like, no, really? That's really great acting. Okay. Yeah. But then watching it back, I'm like, oh, I, yeah, I can see it. And that is the only, he's one of those characters that I, would, I only I only end up liking the character because of the actor that played him. Mm, yeah. I think there are other characters like that, that uh, but nothing's come to mind. But yeah, so if I took away Neil Patrick Harris from Barney, yes, let's still talk all the shit about him. But Neil Patrick Harris played Barney. So that, that's why I really can't. That's the worst thing about him. And I can't even objectively discuss that because of the real person behind the character is silly i can tell you other terrible things about him so he was oh yeah there are a lot more yeah <laughs> the women thing was definitely you know peak the first episode he's talking about lebanese women being the new like when the call starts with him saying um ted remember how you know how i like you know how i have a thing for half asian women yeah he had the first sentence he says and it's like oh no this guy <laughs> kind of iconic not gonna lie and he's so quotable oh, it's just so like cool. but yeah um, the way he treats women trash and then he's such a narcissist like everything mm-hmm. is about him except for those moments where he shockingly does something for other people and then it's some heartwarming you know <laughs> oh Barney when you know Marshall's out here doing kind things on the daily but nobody's giving marshmallow props 
but when Barney does it, it's like, oh my gosh, Barney does have a heart. You know, he always wants to be Ted's best friend or whoever's best friend. He's such an attention whore. Like mm-hmm. every, and that's why he has daddy issues. Big time. And that's why he does all these big elaborate pranks and, and schemes so that he can control things and kind of manipulate people in order mm-hmm. to be the center of attention. And kind of. <laughs> fully manipulates them. And, you know, from his tricks with women to, you know, his, his stuff with Ted and Robin. And that's why the relationship was just so dumb. No one can date Barney. The yeah. idea of Barney ending up with someone to me was just ridiculous. So mm-hmm. when he was with Robin, it was even more ridiculous because I didn't see them as compatible either. And it's so interesting because I compare him to, again, Sex and City reference. You guys should go listen to our episode. <laughs> Episodes. <laughs> good stuff but he's basically samantha he's the guy version of samantha but like the inverse in that while samantha was just you know sexually liberated and she she was just very confident and men would flock to her barney goes out uh, out of his way to pursue women so he's just you know he's the predator yeah but then it's interesting that the male version of like a samantha is the barney yeah <laughs> why is he a predator like why couldn't he just I remember the time when he said that, because when he, every time he would bring up he, one of his schemes to get women, mm-hmm. one of them was that he like, would go to the gym <laughs> to pray on fat women because it was like an investment. Because in several months, <laughs> if they're skinny, it's so horrible. Oh my god. If it was made today, I don't even know. Barney would be one of those TikTok pickup artists, yeah. YouTubers. Like, that's what he would be. And that's so embarrassing for him. I'm, oh, I'm embarrassed. No. Oh, my goodness. That's, hilar- oh, that's no, not that's a good horrible. word. Not hilarious. Oh, it's both. He would be one of those alpha male types. And it's just... He would have a podcast. He had a blog. He would have yeah, a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> if it's, If there was a modern version of Barney like in the remake the reboot mm-hmm. that's out now How I Met Your Father <laughs> no one would like him at all yeah in order to be accurate to the time you'd have to make him really obvious. yeah like they wouldn't even want to make him like like you're saying they wouldn't even try to make him like exactly they would try and make him hated mm-hmm. he would be the, the not... villain like the full on villain which he kind of is but then mm-hmm. we would just ignore him <laughs> anyways Again, the power of Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> People just ignore. Him. Yeah, how terrible he is. And I mean, he makes me laugh and everything, but the dude's a full-on predator. But yeah, with the Samantha Jones comparison of Barney Stinson, the same way I didn't want Samantha to end up with anyone at the end of Sex and City because it didn't make sense. I also mm-hmm. didn't want Barney to end up with anyone because this is who he is. Like he's so anti-monogamy. He doesn't want that life at all. The only thing he kind of likes his babies because remember the episode where his uh gay black brother comes to town mm-hmm. and like who he thought oh, was his twin yeah <laughs> crazy that's so funny i actually kind of like that episode they stayed away from a lot of you know offensive things mm-hmm. which sex and city did not avoid but yeah you know uh, i forgot to mention for sex and city uh darren star he also does Emily in Paris. I think he produced it. Yeah, I saw that. He, that man, that man is a menace to society. <laughs> he's so obviously a racist. 
<laughs> like how have you made sex and now Emily just so offensive but anyways ugh. but yeah thankfully the rises of How I Met Your Mother um, Carter Bays and Craig Thomas they had more sense still two white men but like they tried yeah. <laughs> they made more of an effort to be inclusive and not offensive sorry I, I like that Barney and Robin didn't have to get I, I like Barney and Robin as a couple but knowing Barney and knowing Robin they weren't endgame to me. They were just, just like how I like when characters can be in love with other, like, yeah. another character and not end up. To me, their relationship, them being together was always something that was never going to last. So yeah. I enjoyed their moments of, you know, being in a relationship. But mm-hmm. them getting, I mean, even them getting married, that would have ended up in divorce. It's kind of like my problem with how Game of Thrones ended, like Danny dying that was an ending I expected her dying. I just didn't like how it went about. Um, so, yeah. I preferred Barney and Robin as a couple, but I didn't want them to be endgame. Yeah. Robin, I can see her being, not necessarily getting married and settling down, but having a life partner because she did well in relationships, whereas Barney was someone, I can see him, let's say, at 17 years old, having one child, and not being in a relationship. That's exactly. the future I see for Barney. Which yeah. is what they sort of did at the end when they gave him a baby girl. Because mm-hmm. um, they knew he liked kids. Because yeah. from season two with his black gay brother, you know, the reason he came around to that idea was because his brother said, we're going to have kids. Um, and then Barney was like, they're going to be babies. And it was cute. And then he went to the wedding and the kid was in a little suit and was all suited up and was adorable. Anyways. Yeah, so Barney's always liked kids. And I think that makes sense for him i wasn't mad at that but yeah him being with married to someone being in a committed monogamous relationship just was no he will either never be married or he'll be severally divorced yeah my word exactly. divorced several times several times yeah. either way just perpetually single barney barney would not last in any marriage okay so like with robin and barney being a newly married couple is hard so i've heard um mm-hmm. Like, the first couple of years, you're adjusting to things and you're moving in together if you haven't already and all of that. So it's already difficult. And then you add on top of that the fact that Barney is Barney. (laughs) And, like, this is this first proper monogamous relationship. And then you add on top of that that Robin is Robin and she wants to travel the world. And so now he has to, like, tag along with her, kind of, because you're not going to be long distance in the first few years of your marriage. And Barney, that's not something Barney could do. (laughs) Yeah. So he now has to go along with her, and he can't do his hilarious pranks when he's in the hotel room in Azerbaijan or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? So their marriage was just always doomed from the start. Like, it, it just wasn't going to work. And I feel like they are too similar to be married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know how uh, I think I've said this before that, oh, yeah, like with Damon and Elena, they are too different to be endgame. Like, yeah. Just, sense they're not compatible with robin and barney they're basically two sides of the same coin they both have mm-hmm. dad shoes they both are into their independence and not really looking to be tied down they're both into the same things cigars and whiskey it's just it's their relationship would be so yeah. one-dimensional <laughs> like that's why it makes sense for short for short-term relationships for them and um sorry i would there was something I wanted to say. But oh, okay. Just keep going. But yeah, short term, even as a friendship, I liked them as friends. When the episode Robin was his wingman and you know wore the suit and you know drank the whiskey and they played laser tag, I thought that was cute and I thought they had pretty good chemistry as friends. I want friends with benefits. That would have 
Exactly. When uh, when Barney slept with Robin and broke the bro code, his sacred holy bro code that he's always carrying around in season three, I thought that was, I was happy with that. I was like, this, of course, these two would hook up. They're like the two most attractive people in this friend group. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then when they started to make it into a relationship and Barney would look at Robin like, oh, the one that got away. I was like, eh, skirt. Let's let's not do this. If another thing that would happen if it was made today, um, Mm. Barney is not made for a monogamous life, or at least not a monogamous married life. I think that he would just he would explore different kinds of relationships, and if to an extent, even Robin, although maybe she won't be as adventurous, but I think Barney, because I remember when he dated um. I forgot to know what the stripper's name. Um, but he was when they got serious and they got engaged, mm-hmm. he didn't like that she was still doing that job. Stripping, yeah. Which I guess it makes sense, but I also feel like he should have been okay with that. Mm-hmm. I think that they could have written it to where but like that being in a relationship with someone who's like that would be fine with, with um, by Barney. I think if that was made now, he would have been the one in that friend group to explore a different kind of relationship. Polyamory, all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I'm so interested to see if they do that on the reboot of um, what's called How I Met Your Father, because mm-hmm. now that's polyamory is the buzzword, you know, everyone's talking about what's it called? Conscious uncoupling. <laughs> yeah. So I think How I Met Your Father definitely should. Um, Carter Bays, if you're listening to this, we need to write that, <laughs> add that into your script. Um, and I don't know why they don't, because it seems like such an obvious thing to like talk about. If you're going to talk about dating, like so much of how I met your mother is about dating, and they talked about online dating and meeting people at bars and hooking up with your friend's ex and all the, but never like open relationship. But yes, Barney. Barney is a pathological liar. I remember it was so wild to be in the final season when they were doing their wedding. He basically gave her a speech about how he was always going to lie to her. <laughs> but like it was written as some big romantic speech because they were having their wedding dinner rehearsal and he had switched the location and took her to an ice skating ring under ring under like false pretenses. Yeah. So then he surprised her with this whole oh it Canada themed rehearsal dinner, which was very sweet, but like <laughs> She was stressed the whole time because she thought he had gotten arrested and all of that. And then he gives this big speech of, you know, Robin, this is who I am. I just, I'll always do the pranks and the tricks and the magic, but just know it's for a good reason. Basically saying, I'm always going to lie to you. So like, <laughs> I'm like, what does that? Even for the wedding, when he wouldn't confirm, he kept saying ring bear. Yeah. Ring bear. And she was like, do you mean ring bear or ring bear? Ring <laughs> But yeah, they are good for a fun time. Mm. And that's all. Robin, Robin, Robin Shabatsky. Um, how do I feel about Robin? I think Robin's okay, you know. I don't think I don't have any strong feelings towards her. I like Robin. Um, I love Kobe Smolders, the actress who plays Robin. So that makes me like Robin even more. Yeah. You know, she wasn't the best person or character, but she wasn't the best or the worst person or character either. Yeah. So, um, I think she starts off as the stereotypical cool girl. She's like hot, but she's into boy stuff. Hmm. Um, 
the Canada thing was, you know, a nice addition. That was a running joke uh, heard in Canada. Um, and them just making fun of Canada throughout the show. Um, I like I mean, the one they being part, from Canada or part Canada. Yeah, that was like <gasps> plot twist, and they almost, they thought they were cousins at one point. That was. <laughs> um, and uh, I liked Robin Sparkles. Let's go to the mall today. <laughs> I think yeah, I think as the show went on, you know, as I I grew to like Robin more and more, and we got to see her be very vulnerable at certain times with all her relationships, and then with the kid thing. Um, she never wanted kids, but then she found out she couldn't have kids, and then it was like, oh my gosh, you know, she felt the loss of of that, even though she never wanted it. But I get mm-hmm. her, I feel you. So yeah, I think she was a pretty multifaceted character. She also had her main character syndrome moments. <laughs> um, her wanting to live in Argentina and Greece and Russia and Japan is definitely main character energy. And then mm-hmm. it's, it's like, is it you pray love girl? What are you doing? <laughs> but like, why? I mean, I guess it was a news thing, but... Yeah, she wanted to like, report the news from all over. I kind of liked how that's what she wanted, and she went for it. The same way Ted was marriage kids, you know, that's what he wanted. Boom. She was like, I want to be a news reporter and go all over the world, and da-da-da-da. She wasn't the easiest person to date, especially in the beginning, because she was so closed off. Yeah. You remember that episode where she invited a guy to Halloween, and he dressed up as Hansel, but she didn't dress up as Gretel, and... yeah. She wouldn't share his desserts or like meal with him, and so yeah, she's like hyper independent, lone wolf type, and closed off emotionally. But then she opens up like a beautiful flower. <laughs> I don't think she really had main character syndrome, but then with the whole with her and Barney, I felt that it's like her wanting to marry Barney was kind of weirdly selfish because Barney would have had to change so much about himself while she didn't have to change anything really. No, what did he have to change? Like he he had to stop going after girls. He burned the playbook while he <laughs> pretended to, No, but he pretended to burn the playbook. Yeah. Um, But then he didn't actually burn it because again, he's a liar. <laughs> but then he like destroyed it again. It got destroyed again. Um, he couldn't go to a strip club or he went with Marshall and then she got upset. I think this was while they were dating the first time that he was at a strip club and it's like, it's Barney. Like, of course he's going to go to strip clubs. I think some of those requests are kind of sensible. You know, don't be a man whore while you're married. I mean, you could have an open relationship, yeah. like we said, but he never wants to do yeah. that. And then, I mean, I think they're just, you know... Standard monogamy stuff because yes, Barney would have had to change more, but if Barney he's the worst person, so yeah, between them he's the worst of the two. So yes, he should change more. Yeah, not saying that it's like a bad thing, but like even with yeah. her job, like the fact that her job takes her to so many different places, and now Barney just kind of has to like follow her. Like if mm. he wants to be with her, he just has to up and go with, which is why she and Ted broke up because Ted loved her so much but Ted said I don't want to raise kids in Argentina and that's why yeah. they broke up but then for Barney and uh, Robin to work he he kind of had to raise kids even though they didn't want kids but you know he'd have to be that it was more like demanding to be with Robin I feel like being with Robin was a bit more of a, a task mm-hmm. or like you have to change more to a thing um, which is not her fault like that's like that's what she wanted to do and that's you know her life but yeah I don't know if you want to talk about the new show or I don't know. 
I actually have not seen the new show, and I don't plan to because I'm not a fan of Hilary Duff. Oh, you're not? I thought everyone loved her. I thought she was like the university leader. <laughs> Why? What's your beef? No. No? There's no beef. I'm just not a fan. Um, I don't get the hype. Oh, and my sister doesn't like her either. So that's two oh. people. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it's interesting. I've seen the first three episodes of How I Met Your Father, and I don't hate it. Um, it's still too early, I think, to yes, three episodes. Yeah, to judge, but I, the writing is similar. I think it's the same. At least one of the original writers, creators, is on the new one, so. Mm-hmm. I can see the similarity in the dialogue. Um, they've obviously updated it, so now it's more about Tinder and all that jazz. Um, a lot more diversity on the main cast. But that... the white woman is still the main character. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> I saw some people on TikTok talking about... Well, different people talking about it, and one of them said, you know, obviously this is diverse. The main... This cast is diverse, mm-hmm. but then they still... they. They, they loophole how they got around that was you know the male the main lead being a white woman and not just any white woman but you know a woman who is for the most part universally loved yeah because you know nobody no, it's not like any white woman is hilarious off so like you can't really go against that and then i saw someone else saying that the pop parts of like he said he likes this Mm. It's three episodes. Like first scene of how much your mother wasn't the best either, so it's going to go. But he said that um, what he sees that's wrong with it is that um, first of all the laugh tracks. I didn't know that they had laugh tracks, but he said that the way mm-hmm. they use it, they use it sparingly, as if they're not sure when when not to use it, and that the cast doesn't have chemistry, which yeah, okay, just yeah. from the picture alone, I don't think that I saw the t- the trailer like. Mm-hmm a month ago and they looked like they had chemistry mm-hmm. and that's something that they nowadays lots of shows don't cast casts with chemistry yeah how much your mother cast had impeccable chemistry they, yeah i saw an inter- it was the whole cast of how i met your mother and the writers and the director and they talked about the laugh track and apparently for how i met your mother they, because they didn't film it in front of a live studio audience they would film the show regularly with multi-cam and then edit it and sh- show it to a live studio group of people in like a cinema and yeah. then recorded the laughter of the people watching it for the first time and then insert that into the show. And I thought that was so interesting because while I was watching How Met Your Mother, I actually felt like a lot of laugh- laughter was on point. Me like too. Like yeah. places people would laugh. Yeah. How did they and it sounded real, even because yeah. you can hear when it's regular laughter, you can hear that like, it sounds the same, but mm-hmm. that one it sounded different exactly. When it's like a laugh track, it's like ha, ah, it's like always the same rhythm, but then for the, the real laughter on How I Met Your Mother, sometimes one person would laugh a little too long or something, and you mm-hmm. would like catch that, so it's, it sounded so real. And that was such a great idea. Um, I don't know if they're still doing that for this new one because the laugh track did sound a little bit. Weird. I noticed that as well. It didn't sound like the old one. Probably so, yeah. not because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe they are using an actual laugh track or something, or I don't know. There weren't enough people in the room laughing. Um, so I agree with the dude. And then the chemistry thing, uh, that's why. See, the very first episode of How I Met Your Mother actually 
banks like like we we're talking about barney like the, barney's first line the lebanese thing you're like okay i know who barney is like he's a trash bag you know you're marshall and lily you, you see the chemistry between them as a married couple you're like okay mm-hmm. ted and robin you know the intrigue of Ooh, who's that girl is she going to be the mother it's like it, it just feels really good whereas this one the premiere episode was kind of flat it was just like oh she went on a tinder date with some guy and he was moving to Australia and then he was like, but maybe I'll meet you someday. And then she met the other juicy on the poster and, and I was like, okay, but uh, there wasn't like, I think the characters and I know they're not going to have another Barney or another Ted per se, but they, I don't know. They aren't like big enough. There's no character right now that on the show that I'm like, well, this is, this is who this person is, you know, like I can't yeah. really them like that and and it would have been nice if i could do that because right now they all just seem a little bit similar except Mm. for the british guy he's like his whole identity is i'm the posh british guy like that's the whole thing i don't know i I feel like they added that after like the whole harry and Meghan thing and they were like oh people love british men (laughs) so yeah ensemble casts nowadays the they can does Diverse ensemble cast nowadays, I notice that that's kind of the path they follow where they won't focus on the chemistry, they don't focus on making the characters themselves pop. Mm. But it's like it's, it's, it's almost like it's supposed to be enough that they are diverse, like that is mm. their character. That they have diverse. even the British guy, like I remember in the Mindy project where Jeremy, he's the British guy, and I mean, that wasn't his whole personality, but there were lots of jokes about how he was British and other shows too that have that one British guy. That's usually the joke. I'm British and says he was something posh or whatever. So I can see that being what it is and that's not yeah. fun. It's not so, great, I mean, man. You can, it's so annoying, Hollywood. Why haven't you learned? You can cast, you can make a diverse cast that has chemistry. Yeah. And that actually has character, not just you know relying on the the diversity of the character to be the character. Oh my god, it's so annoying! Like <laughs> it can't be done. Why don't they do it? Oh, I don't. Wait, has it been done before? Let me think. Uh, I don't know if it has. It, but it can. Well, oh, it definitely can. Like even in the office with Mindy Kaling's character, um, mm-hmm. like the joke wasn't that she was. Oh yeah. Indian. Like. But there were several jokes about that too, and I mean, mm-hmm. she was a writer on it, so she wrote those jokes. But her character wasn't—it didn't revolve around the fact that she wasn't white, and she wasn't diverse. But just speaking about that character in that setting with most white people, like it can be done. I don't even think it's that hard. I don't know why, but I mean, clearly they must yeah. think it's that hard because they don't do it right, and it's so frustrating. It's so annoying. Speaking of Mindy Kaling, what's it called? The Secret Life sex life with college girls that show that show yeah. kind of does that they have like a diverse cast but each character also has their own like thing or their own mm-hmm. distinct personality trait yeah and speaking to the chemistry issue they um when i watched the interview with how i met your mother cast uh, they talked about how um they met up you know at one of the creators houses he threw a party and everyone came and they had drinks and they talked and they really got to know each other and then Jason Siegel, who plays Marshall, and Josh Radner, who plays Ted, um, 
talked about how, oh, they were like, oh, we're going to be best friends on the show. So let's get to know each other. And they had a nice chat. And then I think a few weeks later, Jason was going through some stuff in his personal life and he called Josh and Josh came and sat with him and really they had a genuine talk. And from that moment, they had a real life friendship. I don't know if the people on this show even made such an effort like to yeah. establish any bond. It kind of felt, it almost feels like they just cast them from the internet or something. Yes. Like swiping through their Instagram. <laughs> like, do they have each other's numbers? I don't think so. Or if they do, they'll have like them say like Hilary Duff from How I Met Your Father. That would be the name of the contact in their phone. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, I hope they sort out the stuff because uh, I think there is something there. It's still there were moments that I genuinely laughed and I think it'd be interesting to have that show made in this era. I probably have more than one favorite. One of my, I mean, I love that slap thing. They had that slap bit. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Watching, I love watching people get slapped if they deserve it and Barney deserved it. Um, do you have a favorite celebrity cameo? I think it's funny. They had Lucy Hale play Robin Twister. And then they had Ashley Benson play um, Barney's sister. Yeah. So they had two pretty little liars play the sisters of Robin mm-hmm. and Barney. And they had Mandy Moore on one time and she had tattoos. Uh, she was the girl who gave Ted the tramp stamp. They had Britney Spears. Um, she was obsessed with mm-hmm. Ted. Um, Caroline Forbes was on it as well. Yeah, Candice um, Akola. Yeah, she gave Marshall that really awful haircut at his wedding. Um... Then we had Mr. Mosby, not Ted Mosby, but Mr. Mosby from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Then, oh my gosh, they had Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> when I saw him, I was like, what? What is he doing here? And he was it, funny. It's funny going back to watch stuff and then seeing Lin. Because I, I was re-watching Modern Family recently and then mm. I saw him and I was like, oh wow, he was here. <laughs> Oh, because I was trying to remember where he was, um, what he was in. I don't have much about that, but I remember now he was in the final season. Yeah, yeah. he was the guy on the bus, and they were doing a rapping rhyme thing to, to get Marvin to, to fall asleep. Like, of and, course, that would be his episode. Yeah, I think he was on it a year before Hamilton uh, premiered. Is that the word? Oh, wow. By the way, so it's like wow. Um, John Lithgow was Barney's dad. This was that's how you know the show was popping. Everyone was dying to get on when yeah. it was on the air. They were like, please telling all their publicists, just get me on one episode. In terms of favorite episode, um, I liked that this was kind of sad, but I liked the episode um at Marshall's dad's funeral. I thought that was mm-hmm. nice. Um yeah. where the last thing his dad ever said to him, and then you have the the phone and the butt dial and it was like static and then you hear his voice and hey Marshall I'll pocket dodge your buddy and it's like oh my god don't it's like I love you ah. yeah I don't know it's such it's a, it's a really good show who do we think suffers from main characters see them on the show now that we've talked about all of the main characters let me go back to my oh my gosh okay so I think it's for me, it's Barney, obviously, and mm. Lily are my two just annoyingly symptomatic of <laughs> the suffering main character. So, yeah. I would say Ted and Lily. Lily, mm. for what main character syndrome actually is, 
according to Urban Dictionary and just Google, is Lily. But when I initially thought of the prompt, I didn't know that that was how main character syndrome was described according to okay. Google. So I was just thinking, was more the, was more like the term was probably more just the problem with protagonists rather where yeah so mm-hmm. that does main character syndrome doesn't, doesn't accurately describe ted but i think ted as a character and i guess the show by default because he literally is the narrator for the show and is telling the story from his perspective so the show by by default falls victim to a problem i think it was some shows for um a problem i think a lot of shows fall victim to where where the story overly favors the protagonist. I know that sounds like it doesn't make sense because, you know, the protagonist is the protagonist for a reason. It's their story. But I think sometimes shows bend over backwards to favor the protagonist. And yeah. For anyone out there who might be suffering from main character syndrome or knows someone suffering with MCS, here's a quote from Margaret Mead. American cultural anthropologist. Always remember that you are absolutely unique, just like everyone else. So that's the end of the episode. Feeling a little rusty, like dusting off an old bicycle or something. Um, I wouldn't actually know. I've never, I can't ride a bike. But don't forget to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at hostel underscore 43. And let us know what you think. Do you like this new format? Do you hate it? Do you have any shows you want our opinions on? Or do you have a topic you'd like us to examine? You can also rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you're listening to this on. Thank you and see you next time.